Part Two, Waxing Crescent, Chapter Four, Eden. DJ Double Z, aka Zwi, aka Johnny, takes over the dance floor just before midnight. Free spirits, having lost their way to Copenhagen, find themselves in one another's dance moves. On the island that worships the moon, every day is cause for celebration. Jammin', we ring in the new day together. The beating of a drum was the original form of mass communication. We let our bodies do the talking. Hips sway, booties bounce. Spirit is embodied. The music stops. Movement ceases. Let 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 me hear the beat drop. Shake 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 bam. The crowd goes wild. DJ Double Z spins the sound tables. It's a vibe because he sets the vibe. The unfiltered universe flows through Johnny. The island's latest up-and-coming DJ slips out at half past one to play a set on Cool Moon Beach. That's our cue, babe. The fierce blonde from earlier, Ava, kisses me on either cheek. It turns out she manages Echo, and we are spirit sisters. Will we catch you in Adrin then, Bobby? Asks Jason. For sure. I hold up the bottle of Lion King White Spirit. One more shot? Jason, Ava, Landon, Max, and Siri from England, Holland, America, Canada, and Thailand, respectively, nod their heads in agreement. Tequila! Shouts Landon. I look to Siri, the yet-to-be-animated Thai Disney princess. I thought it was vodka. Taking her shot from the lineup, Siri pats me on the back. Is whatever you want it to be, mate. Newfound friends with familiar souls raise our glasses. We cry out, cheers, in varying languages. No one chases their shit shot. One of Copenhagen's great paradoxes, you grow up quickly where you can remain a forever child. Siri shows off her yuck face before capturing mine to her Instagram story. Catch you in Eden, babe. The Islanders are the shot callers of party. The crowd trickles out until I am the last woman at the bar. Tourists go to Half Moon while locals venture off to Eden. Eric has begged me to let him roll out with the last taxi and the latest version of his dream girl. Pinky promising to get me back next time. I agree to cleaning the bar all by my lonesome. In my own sort of Cinder Eve story, I scrub-a-dub-dub, -dub, aspiring after Eden. Prior to my arrival, I was oblivious to the rather developed Southeast Asian backpacking scene. Evidently, I have no idea what I've gotten myself into. There is a fraction of self that would be satisfied with a shower and sleeping off my jet lag. The larger part of me is wearing a new crop top and has new friends and wants to dance in the Garden of Eden. True to biblical form, I am a woman fallen to temptation. Wait a minute, scratch that. A descendant of Madonna, I lock up the liquor cabinet and unlock my desire. This girl just wants to have fun. In Copenhagen, there are two main forms of transportation. One, a motorbike. Two, a taxi. 
Given my introductory motorbike experience, I am more apt to hop on a grizzly bear's back than drive one anytime soon. Riding through the wind wherever, whenever represents ultimate freedom. But I am a scaredy cat, and driving has never been my strong suit. Take it one step at a time. One step, two steps, three steps, four. I stand alone in the street awaiting a taxi. On the island of the moon, taxis are pickup trucks with benches socketed down to either side of the bed. They wouldn't exactly pass US safety standards, but they get the job done. 10 minutes pass, then 15, then 20. The less likely acquiring transport to Eden seems, the more my desire to attend increases. The forbidden fruit grows sweeter. Thankfully, in Thailand, there is a cure for all problems. 7-Eleven. Entering the store, I am greeted with a Sawadi Krep. Making my way to the counter, I exchange the welcome. Can you call taxi? I gesture as if playing a game of charades. The teen boy conference is in Thai with his 7-Eleven female counterpart. No taxi. I'll let half moon prep. Just then, a burly man with olive skin and dark hair approaches the line. We are the only customers in the store. Flipping back a single strand of extra long hair, he asks me a question. Where are you wanting to go? The hair tail is wrapped in colorful thread and ornamented with a single bead on the end. Oh, I was hoping to go to Eden. Perfect, he nods with a smile. That is where I am headed to. Setting an OJ and Toasty down on the counter in front of him, he demands an invitation. Come with me. The cashier toasts the stranger's Toasty and rings him up. The stranger introduces himself, becoming a stranger no more. His name is Jewel. He is a Turkish expat who's been living on the island for nearly a year. A mechanic by trade, he works odd jobs in between carpeting the DMs and the Noctums. Paying 82 baht for his bag of goodies, Jewel extends the offer again. You coming? I look to the cashier for permission. Naturally, he doesn't respond. I look outside the window for a taxi. None remain to be seen. I look to Jules's single strand of long woven hair. It is odd, but trustworthy. Despite all the warnings given by loved ones, despite my recently acquired Copenhagen kiss, and despite my jet lag, I look to Jewel and shrug. Sure, why not? Moments later, I am on the back of his motorbike. We speed through the mountainous landscape so quickly I cannot make out the shapes of the buildings we pass along the way. We travel higher and higher into the mountains until I am certain this motorbike will transport us straight through the atmosphere to the moon. The higher we travel, the less real the road becomes. The searing reminder on the back of my calf scorns, you should know better. Meanwhile, all that is invisible encourages the wild ride. Just have faith, you are safe here. I look to the mountains. They grow a face and echo the silent sentiment. You are safe. What goes up must come down. We spiral down a dirt road without streetlights. 
Powered by stars, we miraculously make our way down the loop-de-loop of a mountain. The feeling of being alive lives at the verge of death. I am born again. The road becomes the beach, and Jewel parks his bike. Now we must go to catch one of the boats. He points to three long-tail boats, anchored in the sea. Corresponding drivers, chain-smoking cigarettes, lounge in the sand before them. No roads lead to Eden. I should have expected nothing less. We negotiate a price with a fisherman by day and taxi boat driver by night. Noticing my wrapped wound, Jewel offers to carry me into the boat, but I refuse. I am stubborn in my independence and anxious about giving the wrong impression. Wading into the water, the salty sea stings my burn. Nearly three in the morning, the tide rolls in so high the edge of my shorts grow damp in the waves. Although we board the boat, the driver returns to his lounge in the sand. Wait for more passenger crop. The transport in Thailand likes to err on the side of more than pool. Eventually, two men older than my father, a couple dressed as pirates, and a posse of Thais in their early 20s join in on our journey. We cross the sea in the mystic hours where day straddles night. Ocean spray splashes into the boat as we speed our way into the horizon. Whipping through my hair and over my skin, the wind kisses me wide awake. The long-tail boat is a mode of transport much more sophisticated than it appears. A time machine transcending dimensions, eventually it docks outside a sandy beach. Where is everyone? As if he's read my mind, Joel points to a wooden bridge in the distance. We must cross the bridge to Eden. Joel and I follow the pirates to our onward destination. By this point, I am nearly sober. All the better for seeing Eden. Reaching the bridge's end, I catch sight of a dance floor built of boulders. Scantily clad guests from across the universe jive to psychedelic techno. Welcome to Eden. Joel points out a cliff where people sit smoking joints and admiring the ocean view. You'll want to catch sunrise there in a few hours. I nod, taking in the scene around me. It is a perfect paradise, the birthplace for all that is good and evil. Here. Joel places something in my hand. I look down at the baggie full of small brown crystals. What is this? Jewel laughs. It's MD. You never had before? In America, we call MD Molly. Taking hip hop's advice, I've popped the Molly in sweat a few times before, but it never looked like this. This, this looks like a bunch of translucent, dirty pop rocks. I have. I try to convince Jewel I am a more qualified party girl than I may appear. Do you have some? Of course. He laughs and shows me his. As a safety precaution, I make him switch me servings. We head to the bar and purchase a bottle of water each. Jewel instructs me to pour my crystals into the H2O to conjure up a new and improved elixir. We cheers water bottles. Chaptika. The Thai version of cheers directly translates to good luck. 
good luck. The perfect prelude to throwing back the bitter concoction. The salty substance crackles its way down my throat, nearly triggering my gag reflex. Aside from Halloween, I've never taken candy from strangers. Whether or not the MD was a trick or a treat will soon be revealed. I make my way over to the rock solid dance floor, immediately spotting Ceres kaleidoscope print pants. I flutter my way over to my gal pals. Reunited, we wave across the dance floor like the ocean waves the sea. Hello, hello, hey. Our souls totally recognize one another. Or is that just the Molly kicking in? A tree with a tweedly ba ba ba, a tree with a tweedly ba ba boo. of the dance floor went something like this. They went something like that. The dancing went on for hours. I mean centuries. I mean eons. Time is only an illusion. Well, it was only an illusion until the time came when I decided I ought to try and pee. Where is the toilet? I whisper slash scream into Ava's ear. Over there, babe. She points to a boulder with a doorway carved out. Jungle parties are dough. While en route to the loo, the loo changes places. I get swept away in the flapping of a fan somewhere between the arms of a Martian and the wink of a witch. Here, hun, have some water. A fairy godfather pours a stream of life down my throat. Sabrina, he instructs the witch. Take her to the bathroom and get her sorted out. I follow Sabrina to the loo. Suddenly, the loo is exactly where it's supposed to be. The key to being sorted comes dipped in white powder. Sniff! There, there. Sabrina pats me on the back. Now that's better. And she was right. It was. And lo and behold, here I found myself in the loo. And yet, my urge to pee had disappeared. Or maybe it never existed in the first place. It wasn't Eve's choice to eat the apple. It was her fate. Revived by way of bathroom break, I step back off the dance floor. An invisible string tied somewhere inside my chest pulls me forward. Looking to the sky, I catch the beginnings of a cotton candy sunrise. My cue to make my way towards the designated spot. Pending, I can find it. The MD is wearing off and I've lost my shoes and I can feel the sweat blazing over the surface of my skin. Barbie, Barbie, up here, Landon calls from above. Towards one another, spirit friends are always magnetized. I climb up on the rock to reconvene with my echo location found crew. The posse huddles around the horizon, passing along a J. I do not notice the shape of Johnny until I nearly step on his man bun. Mate, he always falling asleep in the party. Laughing, Siri points to a passed out Johnny. 
Taking the J, I puff puff laugh. Then, puff puffing some more, I float up up and away. Melting into the skyline, I recollect my genesis. A marshmallow cloud brushing past my cheek delivers a message from the divine. Where temptation lives, spirit grows. As above, so below. Forbidden fruit, rich with nutrients, taste the knowledge of good and evil.